oh, 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 it's Mac and Bo on your radio, baby. This is my friend, Matt. Posh, come on, Posh. This is my friend, T-Bone. What's up, the fun? I can't go to work without listening to Mac and Bone. Do it live. Yeah, you know, it kind of reminds me of last year, uh, late in the year. uh, They were kind of peaking in the same way, uh, but... Uh, when I look at Duke, um, I still said early on in the year, I don't think that they were playing to the potential uh, that this roster provides them. And I think uh, Jared McCain is a guy who, to me, has taken a real big step. And I know he didn't have a huge game against Miami tonight, but the games previous, he's kind of broken out and, and kind of played uh, unbelievable. I saw him late in the Smith Center when my Tar Heels smacked him in the, in the Dean Dome. Uh, he kind of gave them a boost and a little lift. Uh, but also, you know, Jeremy Roach doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's a guy who's constantly playing well for them. Been a little consistent all year. He's a veteran player. I like him. Uh, you know, my question with Duke is, can they handle physicality? Tyler Hansborough, field of 68 last night, uh, talking about the Duke Blue Devils. That is, that's as complimentary as I think Psycho T can allow himself to be. He's still got in a little shot in there. I love that, and he, man. And he brought up the physicality question. That's been the big thing. I've already seen people on the text line. They don't have dogs. That's become the narrative. I think Chris Mack started that question, uh, which we will get into. Uh, a guy named Chris Mack started controversy. <laughs> <laughs> this Chris Mack believes that uh, McCain is a dog and believes that Mitchell's a dog. I think they've got some in that locker room, but we'll talk about it in a second. Duke had their most complete performance, I think, of the season last night. They have not lost since they played Carolina. Um, does, is anybody out there thinking, Duke fans included, are you thinking, maybe we're better than Carolina? Maybe we're reaching our upside and passing the Tar Heels, or is that blasphemy? Blasphemous. The Charlotte <laughs> Comfort System's temperature right now, 42 degrees. Choose local. Choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. Yeah, we are now February 22nd, and Duke's only loss with a full roster since December 2nd was the Carolina game. Pittsburgh, it, you know, it still sucked they lost, but they were missing two starters, and we find yep. out Pittsburgh, despite the other day, uh, is having a pretty good season for their expectations. So, you know, Mac, the, the Duke results since the Carolina game, they've won by not the, some of the opponents are not great. I get it, but I wanted to see – how do they respond Absolutely. from that letdown? They won by 18, 15, 8, 9, and now 29 in the last two on the road. And Florida State game, it should have been more than that. It wasn't, it wasn't to me about the Carolina loss being the worst thing in the world. It sucks when it happens, but it would suck more if you let that Carolina game let you spiral out of control to where you have bad losses until you have another big-time matchup in this conference, and they have not. They've responded very, very, very well to that letdown in Chapel. Ever since uh, Carolina beat them and then it came on two days later and got carried away and said, oh, Carolina's sweeping this Duke team. And now I'm sitting here saying, can I get that back? Can I get flounder destroy the tape? Can I get that back? Because I don't know who to pick in this game now. And I believe that, like, I, I saw some Duke fans saying yesterday, last night on social media, anybody noticed our record's better in Carolina's? Like, I think they have, like, one more win now or whatever, one game better overall. The ACC, it's still, like, even in the loss column or whatever. But I do think it's a legit question it's of— It's a different pass to get to yeah, the record. But yeah. I think they're at a very similar point where it's almost too close to call right now. I think I would still lean Carolina over Duke, but I'll be damned. I don't think you can deny, Bo, and this is starting to look like the Duke team we all expected when the season started. 
The defense that they've played in that five-game win streak, they have not given up more than a one point of possession in all five games. That's a great number. They played better defense. Their defense was in the mid-30s in efficiency. It's now down to 22nd. They're seventh in offense. They're 17th in three-point shooting. I mean, does anybody want to face them in March if they get hot from three? Like, And that's the th interesting thing about the Carolina game is Carolina's a very good three-point defensive team. Duke can get on fire from three. Duke's balanced. McCain last night, like you and I started thinking, oh, McCain is the dude, right, on this team. He, he, he has is. become the dude. And you said it the first hour. He scores seven. Five other guys are in double digits. They win by 29 on the road. I know Miami was depleted. I, I just... I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm willing to say, like, you know, some Duke fans were insinuating last night on Twitter that I saw, like, oh, we're passing Carolina. But it feels like almost a dead heat right now, doesn't it? Like, if you're a Tar Heel fan, you got to look at the way Duke is playing, and you're like, oh, crap. I, this is a different Duke team than we played in, in, in Chapel yeah, Hill. And, and I don't think Carolina's playing their best ball, does especially defensively. Does Proctor play like that, like he did last night against Gay? He didn't show up for the first game. No, He's a difference all. maker. But here's here's the thing. They can be good, really good, when a player's going off, whether it be Filipowski, McCain, like we saw the other day. Mitchell and Roach are kind of, you know, consistent to their performances. But when you have Mitchell and Flip and McCain and Roach and those four guys knowing their roles and playing well, they're a good basketball team. But when Foster adds something to the mix or Proctor plays at a high level like he should, when you get a fifth guy in there, last night it was actually – a number of guys. When you get Foster or Proctor adding to the other four, that can take them from a good level to a great level like we saw last night. I love the way they share the ball, too. They had 19 assists. When they're just like, I, I kind of painted this picture earlier in the show. When it goes into flip and he's doubled, he's such a good passer. And then when the other guys, okay, I, I've got a shot, but I got a better shot over there. My, you know, Foster on the wing. Let me pass to him. When they do that, and when Flips pass it, and they're rotating the ball, and then when they get out in transition, they led fast break points twelve to four. When they play defense like they have lately, this team starts to take it to another level. And I just think we need to start talking about them in this sort of way. And it's 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 all about matchups. One problem that they have with Carolina is when Armando Baycott plays physical, they don't have a Derek Lively like presence to try to. Uh, contain Baycott's physicality in some ways. If they get in a game in March, it's all about with them specifically too. It's all about who are they playing? Is it a up and down, spread it out, non-physical basketball game where they can shoot threes and get loose on the yeah, fast break? Because they're in great kind shape of, in that. Kind of save Filipowski defensively from the wear and tear. If they get into a matchup like Tennessee last year or a team like Houston that's just going to like Zach Eady, those type yeah. of teams. Those are matchups I say, ooh, the physical teams are a problem. But if Duke gets matchups where it's spread out up and down the court, they're probably going to win those more times than not. And these texters are bringing this up. Now, listen, there are Duke fans on the text line. Um, uh, I will say that this texture says they are. You guys nailed it. If you feel like you're seeing the team all along, they had the potential to be. There's a lot of Carolina fans in here not enjoying the hype. Although DJ Skinner says keep praising those devils, so he thinks that I'm going to have an adverse effect. When would that happen? Now, what do you think about uh, this? 2022 <laughs> uh, parts of last year. I think it happened to the heels, Flam. When yeah. I started hyping y'all up, saying you're sweeping Duke, I think I don't think that worked out great. Um, yeah, thanks. Um, now, the, the, what do you think about these? Because this is the narrative, and you just kind of went there about playing physical teams. Um, the narrative is, here's a texter, Duke is soft as heck. 
get, you saw what happened against Tennessee last year. A physical team will bounce them the first weekend. Another texter. Uh, another texter. There ain't no dogs on this Duke team, and even the little puppy bone knows it. I don't think soft is the right word to what we're describing. They're undermanned with bigs is the issue. I don't think Filipowski's soft. Filipowski took a beating multiple times. He gets up every time from these beatings that he takes sometimes. But Baycott abused him inside. Yeah, but I don't know if soft is the word soft or are they just undermanned roster-wise for the amount of bigs they can deploy in some of these games. As soft as touching a baby's bottom. I don't think Filipowski is the term soft. I don't think that's the right word to use. But the team, you saw when Tennessee played physical last year, you saw what happened. Duke didn't want that sort of game. They did it, but I don't know if soft is soft the right word to use. Do you do, do you think Jeremy Roach is soft? Mark Mitchell's soft? No, no, I don't. I don't. Um, the Kane's not soft. But I do think there is. Like, what did you think about the. I just think it depends on the, the whole th- no dogs narrative. I don't think that. It, I don't Chris think Mack dangerous. said it on Field of 68, and it's, it's everywhere now. Everybody that hates Duke has picked up on this. They got no dogs. McCain was like singing a song about it or something I don't, I don't on think, his TikTok. I don't think soft is the right word. Their roster is not built with a ton of bigs. That is, a, It's more of a roster problem than a player mentality and effort thing here. So I don't think soft is the word I would use. I think they've got – They're do- just missing a piece like a lively that can be effective on the defensive end of the court. I wouldn't call these kids soft, though. They were susceptible to a physical team even with lively, but he at least – Protected that he, rim he, for you. When guys got restricted. inside on you, he, he was restricted there. a lot of stuff at the rim. I, I, I don't know. Like McCain's a dog. I think Roach is a dog. Mitchell definitely is. Ryan Young's a dog. Right? Ryan Young's got some dog in him. You know what I mean? It's it's but a goofy dog. It's a silly a, dog. But you he's know? a dog that you don't want playing in the yard for 35 straight minutes. <laughs> Ryan Young's a dog. You say, all right, go out there for five minutes and right. seven minutes and go get that ball. Ryan Young's a dog that'll sniff another dog's butt. You know what I mean? He plays he's well just kind of a little silly. You laugh at him, but he plays hard. He gives you. He and does that, grunt work and in there. And a butt sniffing dog at times. You might need that. He plays well <laughs> last night, though. This is John Shire, by the way. He has a role that's specific in certain matchups. He's important. But you're right. I don't think they want physical teams to match up. But I, the whole no dogs thing feels like it's a little harsh. Here's John Shire this week, Bone. He was asked about the no dog comments from Chris Mack that has now become the mantra of every Duke hater out there. Listen to Shire. I think some of that talk is kind of it's kind of funny to me because you know how many teams that in the country right now have 20 wins and people are talking about how tough are they or are they do they have dogs? How do you get 20 wins without having that? And, you know, our guys, you know, are they perfect? Have they had moments where they've, uh, when I say our guys, that's our team. That's, that's us as a staff. That's, that's Duke. That's like, are there moments where we could have played better or we didn't play as we didn't play through the contact like we needed to, of course, but that's part of, you could show that for any team in the country. That's why there's no team that's undefeated. And so I think some of the narrative, I don't, uh, I just flat out don't agree with, with our guys. I don't know. It feels like something people have said about Duke a lot over the years. Oh, they're soft. And you know what? To be honest, they've said it about Carolina. Remember Dan Dockage for years? Yep. 
Carolina saw a finesse team. They don't want that. So it's been said about Carolina too. I don't know. We got a lot of people looking for dogs in the state right now. <laughs> we might need that. We, we need to have a dog event here so they can find their dogs. Uh, let's see on the text line. Uh, where's my bike? What did he say? Bones mad he's, at him. No, he's. he's so what did he say? For some reason, he's hating on the Charlotte 49ers. Duke not, is as sure. soft as my quiet sobbing over Charlotte. Yeah, I don't know why he's. I don't, giving, I don't really know where the hate from the. I'm trying to figure out what team this. This texter says they're just missing a rim protector. And some roster stuff that that's needed here. UNC Brian Duke has been soft for years. It's fi- someone finally called him out. But yeah. the one guy that wasn't soft that tried to beat people up, y'all got mad at Grayson Allen. I y'all mean, got that, mad at him, man. That guy was physically that's strong. That's not tough. Was, yeah, yeah, is that tough? Tripping tough. a guy and oh shoving God, a guy and doing cheap stuff? That, that guy, got tough. He whatever, would get snapped no. in half by just about everybody whatever that was on the Whatever it took to court. win, that guy went out there and did it, man. Diving on the ground. Sometimes his legs got in the way of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's just shameless. Was Derek Lively soft last year? Absolutely not. I mean, he's not a big physical brute. He did get, but he I mean, shots and he ended up getting beat down, I guess, in the tournament game, but the entire team did. The, another thing, too, Bone, is... Um, I watch him now. I know the guy's not soft. Here's another thing, too, because this texter says, once Tennessee, run Trick Barnes crew showed up and shoved Duke around, they definitely look soft. But here's something else I'll say. It also depends on how the refs officiate a game against a team like that. Like that day, it felt like they were going to let them play football out there, play spring football, right? Yeah. If a... If a, if a if a crew handles a game against a physical team differently, it could benefit Duke. That's part of it, too. That one big man was like Drago out there, just punching people and knocking people around. And it wasn't basketball. That was a football game. <laughs> I don't know. The fact that people are saying stuff about Duke, it sounds like people getting a little scared about Duke. They saw it was a pillowcase, man. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. Thank you for that there, Floundy. When we come back on the Mac and Bone Show here on this Thursday, we talk to Joe Person of TheAthletic.com. We get the latest on Brian Burns and other off-season news and notes as well with the roster on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Mac and Bone with you. By the way, could we stop with the Duke is soft because Jared McCain paints his nails and does TikTok videos? Like, that kid, you watch him play, watch the way he was joined with the Florida State fans. They yell at him, they boo him, and he hits even more shots. Like, that dude is mentally tough, man. So, don't let the fingernails and the TikTok videos fool you. Like, that feels like that's a Duke hater go-to this season. Matt, is it just me? Uh, I know it's not an exact comparison because Jay Wool was really quick on the dribble with the handle. There's some like body size and kind of the way he plays. There's a little bit of Jay Williams to his game, a little bit, not exact, but I see a little bit of Jay Williams to his. Yeah, game. I can see not what quite, you're saying. Not quite the quicker handles, no. but I could see a little bit, kind of the the stocky body for a guard. I kind of, I kind of see. A the bit. difference though is that he would never tell anybody in 20 years that he would transfer to Carolina, and he also would be willing to call Caitlin Clark great. Those yeah. are the differences with Jay Williams. Um, uh, anyway, I kid, I kid. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, Mac and Bone with you here on the Mac and Bone Radio Show. Uh, it's, it's an extravaganza, kids. And we've been talking so much about this Brian Burns situation. Fans have their opinions. Fans are choosing sides. And yesterday, I feel like the side-choosing Bone got even more demonstrative after uh, people read Joe Person's great piece in The Athletic about the ins and outs of the Burns situation that included 
um, a source telling him that there was a five-year, $27 million per year offer um, sent Burns' way that he turned down. He wanted 30. Let's talk about that whole situation, the Panthers' offseason in general right now with – oh, do we not have him? Oh, I thought we had him there. Okay, all right. We're going to get Joe my whole lead-up. Was he, was he, is he not there? I thought he was there. Joe! Thought he was I guess there. he's not there. I think he's, paint, he's painting his nails like Jared McCain right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> By the way, I, I want to say a real sign of toughness is when you text a radio show mocking college kids. That, that's <laughs> that's really a sign of toughness right there. Now that's I'm funny a, right I'm, there. A, I'm a tough guy that goes by the name Mr. Sarcastic. Oh, oh Boat calling him out. All right. Anyway, let's do it. Uh, the Body Works Plus guest hotline. He is Joe Person. Joe, happy new year, man. What's going on? How you doing? What's happening? What's I, I, you're happening, man. We've been talking. Your ears must be ringing. We've been talking so much about you the last couple of days. It was a great piece. It was a lot of great information on something that Panther fans really want information on. And one of the things that has happened, and this isn't your concern, you got sourced information, you did your job, and it was a great piece. But it feels like Panther fans heard that number, that, that five-year $27 million, and a lot, not all, but a lot of Panther fans on social media, well, Brian Burns is being greedy then. Like, how how do you view the offer and the, you know, what Burns was asking for? Is it unfair to call Burns greedy? Are you surprised that he turned that down? What What's your what's your take on that now that you know that number? Yeah, well, first of all, like, look, just because that was their kind of the last offer they made, I don't have all the details of how much was guaranteed, yeah, yeah. what was the signing bonus, you know. So it's easy. I shouldn't say easy, but like it's one thing to to put out the number that the the average annual value number, the AAV. But there's always more to the to to, to these contracts, as you guys well know. So, you know. I don't ever have a problem with players trying to get as much as they want. Not not in this league, not with the, the short shelf life and what these guys subject themselves to. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've tweeted that story back out this morning with kind of just the, 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 uh, a little tease, like, these, comp- these negotiations were, were complicated yeah. from the beginning. And, and mainly because the the details of that Rams offer leaked, and yes. and and once Burns and his side, Todd France, the agent, knew the specifics of the Rams offer. I mean, it gave them all the the leverage yeah. and all the bargaining power, yeah. and and I think that emboldened them. You know, maybe they were going to shoot for the moon anyway, because they all most most of these guys do <laughs> to maximize it. But, but that really, to me, complicated it. And then, you know, other sticking points were like, yes, his numbers were down, but he also never got to go rush a passer last fall with a lead in the fourth quarter, which <laughs> yeah. is when, when these pass rushers eat. So yeah, it was a complicated deal and, and still, you know, to a degree probably is complicated if they're going to restart these negotiations. That is the voice of Joe Person of TheAthletic.com on the Body Works Plus guest. How I talk about his piece that's up right now on Brian Burns and other uh, Panthers offseason notes as well. Joe, if a deal happens with Brian Burns in the, in the franchise situation, are we thinking this will be exclusive, non-exclusive? Could this still be a thing here where they may look to move him? How do you think this might play out here if a deal gets done soon? Well, most of these tags 
um, are non-exclusive just because it, it, it's not that much of a difference in money and, uh, and, and the fact that most of these teams aren't going to offer two ones to, to, you know, to go bring a, a, a guy like Burns in, he, even a guy like Burns is. Uh, which, which again, harkens back to the Rams deal because they did offer two ones. But in any case, uh, I think that my sense is, do I think a deal is going to get done before March 5th? No, I'd be shocked. So um, I don't even know how, how much they're, they're really spending on that right now, how much time. So I think they, they go ahead and put the, the, tag, the non-exclusive tag on them. And then they decide at some point, you know, are we going to start negotiating with him again? And where does Burns, uh, his deal and his long-term extension, uh, where does that stack up in, in, with Derek Brown and Frankie Lubin? And uh, so, and, and you know, the last time, and I pointed this out in this that, that story too, the last time the Panthers used a tag was 2021 on Taylor Moten, and that's exactly what happened. That you know that summer they brought they started talking again and and they reached a deal you know where he didn't have to play on the tag so you know I think that would be good if if, if Dan Morgan and Dave Canales and Brant Tillis believe that that Brian Burns is an integral part of this this team that's what they want to get done I mean you don't want to have to keep you know tagging them year after year yeah. But uh, but certainly that's a possibility for this year. Now, what do you think about the argument that that many will make, which is, oh, we got to trade Brian Burns. We want to re-sign Brown. We want to re-sign Luvu. But if we trade Brian Burns, we can get some you know draft collateral that you know could be used maybe to trade for a wide receiver. It also frees up cap money to pursue a free agent wide receiver if you want to. What do you think about the argument that you got to sacrifice Burns to get Bryce a big-time weapon? Well, I mean, certainly those assets would help, right? I mean, the, the, the problem there, again, not to keep harkening back on it, yeah. but but you're not going to get the return that you would have two, you know, a year and a half ago. And, but, but that's kind of where they are now. So, as you know, that, that that's just the reality of, of – of where they sit in February. Although it looks kind of bad, Joe, if you turn, although I know fitter is gone, but it does, it's not a good look, right? If you turn down everything you did in 2022 and then you take that's half right. of that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, then you're like, then you're kind of starting, if you're Dan Morgan, you're starting re- your regime with like a move that people are going to naturally criticize or some will, some will because you, you didn't get close to what, well, I shouldn't say close, but you didn't get what you could have gotten a year yeah. and a half ago. So, but yeah, it it's here's the thing, and and again, it it it, it, it this thing is multi layered because all right, so so say they're like we're going to go ahead and move them. Um, we we are rebuilding, and, and we got to get Bryce some weapons on offense. Well, then you really are rebuilding at the pass rusher position because they, they the other two guys who were you know behind Burns on the depth chart, or at least you know, at least in terms of pass rush productivity, are both free agents too. And I'm talking about Marquise Haynes, who was injured most of last year, and Etor Gross Matos, who had a good year last year, but still not at the level of Brian Burns. And so now you got to go find two pass rushers, and you know, unless you think DJ Johnson's going to you know overnight turn into a productive pass rusher, so. 
Yeah, it's there. That's another situation where I think Brian Burns has some, you know, no has leverage in this deal. We're talking to Joe Person, theAthletic.com, here on the Mac and Bone Show. Joe, we talk a lot about Ridley and Higgins and Pittman and Evans and the free agent wideouts. Is there one there of that group that you think is uh, a good fit for the Panthers and attainable uh, on the market? Yeah, I mean, it feels like Higgins is going to get tagged, and everybody kind of loving up on this Evans angle that, well, they've got, you know, his former OC here and, and receivers coach in Idzik. I don't, I think that storyline's getting overplayed, frankly. I, I mean, I, I get he's got a connection with, with Dave Canales and Brad Idzik, but. You know, he, uh, this is a team that went two and fifteen last year. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, my, money changes a lot of conversations. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they can sweeten the pot and, and will to to make a run at Mike Evans if if he's available. Um, but I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that he's just going to come here because he loved his five months with Dave Canale. Yeah, I'm kind of um, kind of with you. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. So the other guys on that that list, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if we published this yet or not. But I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Not not that the world's waiting to hear who I picked in my first uh, athletic uh, beat beat writer mock. But at thirty three uh, on this board that we did this week, um, Lad McConkey was available, as was Keon Coleman, and that was an interesting debate for me because like they're really different kind of receivers like yeah. Coleman's bigger and, and and catches made a lot of fantastic highlight reel catches but most of them were contested and maybe it was the fact that I saw so many contested pe- catches last year with guys not getting separation I went with Lad McConkey, who's more of kind of like the little jitterbug dude who can really create space out of the slot and uh like so I, I think the Panthers like need it. I think they need a receiver in the draft and in free agency is uh, the, the short short end. Agree with that 100%. I would love it if you got different types, right, in the free agency and in a different type in the draft. You're that would happy because Joe named your guy. I like yeah. that. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> and a lot of these texters out there, oh, he's not worth th- I'm telling you, read up, man. A lot of people believe he's worth 33 or maybe even a late first. Um, all right, so let's talk about O-line, okay? We've talked about Burns. we talked about the, the weapons. But this O-line has to get way better, too. Do you think, Joe, do you think they lean on, hey, our guards weren't healthy, let's get the guards healthy, um, we change a system, maybe the system will fit the O-line better? Do you think they lean on those things and don't make a lot of additions, or do you think they're going to make multiple additions? What kind of additions do they need, this line? Yeah, it's a great question, and I, I honestly, I haven't spent enough time around Morgan and Canales yet, and ne- next week I am looking forward to hearing their answers to questions just like that, Mac, uh, at the Combine. So I'd be kind of taking a shot in the dark. What do I think they need? I don't think they're going to move Icky Aquano to guard. I I don't. I I feel like, and and, and maybe next week you can say, what was Joe wrong about? (laughs) We're saving this, Uh, saving this tape. (laughs) But I I just feel like that they're going to sort of, add reinforcements in terms of depth, which doesn't sound all that exciting. Uh, and maybe they do go get a starting caliber guard and figuring that, you know, if, if worst case scenario, 
Brady Christensen's healthy and competes for that spot or even, you know, slides out in his protection for Aquano at tackle where we know Christensen has, you know, a lot of experience. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I know there have been a lot of Trent Brown talk and bumping Aquano inside, and, and I do certainly think they're going to, you know, sign a couple of linemen. I just, I, I'm not sure it's going to be left tackle. Joe, we got to get someone married again, man, so we can all hang out again, man. Party, dance the night away. You know what I'm saying? Jumping Joe. We haven't seen your moves in a while, man. I kind of miss them. Hey, um, first of all, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I got, uh, you, you got, I, I hope you guys got this too, or else you got, you, I might be uh, creating a little dissension. Uh-uh. But there was that, that uh, uh, Willie P's one year anniversary, they sent out a very nice, like, kind of painting of postcard thing from that, that night you're referring to. Yeah. yeah. And it did bring back great memories of, uh, of, you guys uh, mostly kind of being wallflowers most of that. Time. Oh, well, my only memory was you picking me off the dance floor because everyone thought I passed out. Uh, Joe, the- I hit that. F- <laughs> <laughs> I hit that floor, Joe. But I'm telling you, I get winded. I had to go to the oxygen mask after about 38 seconds. I remember, Joe. But I, was, the, I was trying. Joe did the fishing pole dance when he tried to reel us in. Yeah, that's true. We oh teamed up God. on that move. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. How about that? It's also a good oh. time talking to Joe Person and reading his Panther Insight. The Athletic.com. Joe's worth the subscription himself. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, uh, theathletic.com at Joseph Person on Twitter. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. Great work on the Burns piece, too, man. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, there you go. Hey, that Joe. is Joe Person. All right, let's get to Flound uh, real quick here with a morning feed. Just, just whatever we're not talking about here, Flound. What do you want to toss in to the mix here in terms of headlines, my friend? What do you got over there? Well, I... I, I I'm distracted here for a second because oh my uh, God. Oh Bone my is pointing God. something out to me I that may be one of the wildest creations. And what by wildest, I mean it would be wild for your taste buds because yeah. it may be awesome. Matt, starting February uh, 26th, that is uh, four days from now. So this is the update right here. Yeah, this the is international the hit, the Cheesa. <laughs> It's coming to KFC menus for a woman at a time only. It's not a pizza. It's a cheesa. Two white meat extra crispy fried chicken pieces topped with marinara sauce, cheese, and pepperoni. Sweet God of mine. So it's chicken parm. I don't know how good chicken this Chicken with pepperoni thrown on top? It's, it's fried chicken it's with marinara point. sauce, cheese, and pepperoni. It's a good point. It's like chicken cutlets. It's like they're... Oh, oh uh, Tony Cutlets over there. You're going to be loving this. It looks delicious. It, so, yeah, it's basically chicken parm. We throw some uh, pepperoni on top. I'm down. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. Fat Mac ain't running from that. I'm going to come study you know the picture, dude. You keep talking, Flyer. The, right. real, the real update, guys. Oh, okay. I uh, thought that the was scores it. from last night. I'll run through them real quick. Charlotte falls on the road 76 to 52 to Memphis <laughs> and uh, you also have Clemson uh, getting up a, a big win on the road I guess it's a big win and, and, and when you can beat Georgia Tech as a good team in this conference it's a big win well, if you're a good team it's a big win and 80, they got revenge they lost to him the first time exactly 81 57 Chase Hunter with 18 points in the game was dominant and of course you guys know that Duke did uh, win last night, 84-55 on the road at Miami. Yes, but one of the guys painted his nail, so pro- so apparently the text line has a huge issue with that win. Uh, by the way, don't sleep on Clemson in the ACC tournament. The way they're you talk, we talk about Duke starting to look like the team we thought they'd be. Clemson right now is playing like the team I thought they were in the non-conference. 
right now. They yeah. really are. They're, and they're, they're one, they're one hiccup, Willie, was the end of the game against NC State. One other local yeah. team I forgot to mention that's playing well, guys. Smaller tournament to keep an eye on. The Southern Conference, UNC Greensboro, now 11-4 and in conference, 20-8 and overall. They beat Western last night. Western has... Uh, Western season has taken a turn. Yeah, since. we won't talk about that. Okay, all right. Hey, that might be the Matt Curse's fault. Yeah, don't blame, <laughs> don't, don't, don't blame us. I mean, yeah, I'll blame us. When we come back, <laughs> how about this segment? All right, we've got Charlotte FC tickets to give away for the home opener. We thought, rather, rather than just saying, catch the number, call, whatever, you're going to have to earn them. And you're going to have to do your best Willie P goal call impression. Yes. Get in. 704-570-9610. Do not miss this. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Side diagonal for Cambridge. Cambridge gets around Lovitz. Cambridge comes closer to the middle. Cambridge close line by McCarty, and a yellow is going to be shown as Cambridge earns a yellow card about 30 yards from goal. All right, Flounder, I asked him to pick a Willie P clip to set the tone for I this. I picked like and the Flounder two games. Flounder picked a horrible Willie P clip. We need a goal call where it goes like this. I was trying hard. to find Mickey, <laughs> but I forget. And you are right, yes, seeing a movie like this. <laughs> anyway. If I do that, though, I'm pretty much done for the day. Oh, oh my goodness. All right, here's what we're doing. <laughs> I we're told g- Mac, let the callers do the impression. And, and we can't help we ourselves. We both did ours it's within point four seconds. It's a fun pastime. It's All right, a fun here, we here we go. Here oh, we go. Let's simulate, let's 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 simulate this one. This is All actually right. from the inaugural season. This is okay. the game on the road against the Chicago Fire. Oh, when Carol Swiderski yeah. keeps Charlotte alive. Right side for Reyna with a cross. It's Gaines off the top of the crossbar. Swiderski has it. Swiderski with a shot. They score! <laughs> and Carol Swiderski might have rescued Charlotte's playoff hopes. Oh, that was a great win. That was a come-from-behind win. That was beautiful. All right, so that's what we're you looking get, for. You get that this weekend and all season long here at WFNZ. Yeah, Saturday night, they're at home. Tickets as low as 15 bucks. but if you're going to listen to it on the radio, it's right here on WFNZ. Willie and Jess are back for Season 3, 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 kick. So here's what you have to do. And by the way, if you want to go to the game, we got two tickets available to see Charlotte FC and NYC FC on Saturday night. It's going to go to the best impression of that man right there, Willie P. The best Willie P. goal call impression. You call us up on the phone lines, and the best impression is going to win. So we're going to make you work for it for the sake of our entertainment. So, And we got we got a few lines open, so jump in. 704-570-9610. Give us your Willie P. goal call impression. The best one is going to get the tickets. Scott is going to start us off. He's got trying him. to win the tickets. Scott, let us hear your best Willie P. All right, this is going to suck because I just came off of being sick, but here we go. Okay. Hey, boys and girls, welcome to uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. We're going to see across the middle of feed from Vargas. Yeah! <laughs> 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 
I kind of like that. I got to be honest with you. I threw Mickey Mouse in there. He got that voice very high pitched. I realized. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed I, that. I realized uh, this is not exactly a tribute to Willie Pate. <laughs> this is not exactly giving your Marv Albert impressions. <laughs> this is meant as a tribute, Bon. I don't know what you're talking about. This is meant as a tribute. Can you top oh, Scott? No. Scott is the clubhouse leader. He's the only one in the clubhouse right now. Can you top Scott's Willie P goal call impression? 704-570-9610. Flounder's going to get your info, and then you're going to let it rip. The best Willie P goal call impression gets to see the Charlotte FC opener. That place going to be packed. Um, on be, Saturday let's be, night. Let's be respectful of the legend here on this one. All right, all we don't right. have to go that high. Pick. Let's see here. Who do we got next, Flound? Who's the next one that's up? Uh, Daniel is up. All right, all right let's Daniel. see if Daniel can do it. Daniel, give us your best, Willie P. Oh, uh-huh. uh, it's Mickey. I mean, uh, I'm going to go right. Scott. Scott. Scott already went the yeah, Mickey Scott's route. Scott's in the lead. Scott yeah. went the Mickey route, and Scott was the best. So if, okay. if I had to rank all the contributors, Mac, I would go Scott because he was the first Scott's guy. Scott's leading right now. Scott, Scott still has the clubhouse lead. If you can top Scott's The Willie Mickey Mouse P. clubhouse lead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, the Willie P clubhouse. Again, to win this thing, now you got to go not – you don't have to go Mickey now. you got to go your own. There's something else. you got to be, like, somewhat accurate. Like, yeah, the the, the Mickey joke, it's been done. Yeah. Okay? It's, 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 let's see if you can actually somewhat impersonate Sound like, that. completely sound like him. You also have to have a little more to your call other than just goal, maybe. You know? Work a little more in there. 704-570-9610. If you want to go to Charlotte FC on us on Saturday night, can you top Scott's Willie P impression? Feel free to jump in here because we literally have like two more minutes. So get in here before the buzzer. 704-570-9610. extra time right now. We're in extra time. That's right. We're in extra time right now. Charlotte FC needs a game winner. Uh, let's see what else we have. This texter says, not only is this not a tribute to the great Willie P, but it is blasphemous. The man is an institution, and you guys continue to be mean to the P oh, man. We didn't intend for this to be this way. It was legitimate. Impression contest. How did we know how it the broke, da- it broke down to this? Yeah, how did we know how these impressions were going to sound, Bone? We couldn't have possibly predicted this no. when you came up with the idea and advertised it on Twitter and I retweeted and you. Then you. We said, couldn't have and seen then, this and coming. Then you told me what a wonderful idea, also. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's at least get like, our fault. Blame, blame them for giving us tickets to give away. <laughs> let's at least get one or two more. The next time might be the Jess impression contest. That might be oh, the next time we give tickets she away. She doesn't know that yet. Yeah, oh, shoot. Did she just hear that? She said she can't wait to hear this and I didn't have the heart to tell her next time it's her. All right, let's do this. We got two more. We'll go through the two more and then we'll we'll pass out the winner to the ticket Saturday night. And even if you don't win them here, Demetrius is next. Fifteen dollars can get you into the stadium. They're opening up the upper deck. Uh let's go to Demetrius who is up next. Demetrius, what is your Willie P impression? All right man, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to take a shot so let's go. All right. Well you got a deep voice. Yeah it's gonna be tough. All right. He's going in. <laughs> How did he get his voice that high I, from I it being he, as deep as it was? He was like Barry White to Mickey. You talk about changing ranges. <laughs> good effort there. I like it. <laughs> All right. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. So everybody else has dropped off the phone lines. Apparently, they don't believe in their Willie P impressions. So who do we go with to win this, Bone Man? I think it's I think Scott. You still the, go Scott? Uh, Demetrius, uh, good effort there. I go Scott, the initial guy. Yeah. I thought Scott's it was, uh, the first with the Mickey it was, joke. It was clean. It was original because Scott he pitch. was first. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So Scott. Uh, by the way, is Willie P upset with us here? No, I need to. <laughs> Willie P's 100%. Kill us. 
Oh, he's going to text everybody else about this. No, he he loves it. This dude says, if uh, if more, uh, I would have tried because I really want the tickets, but I fear vocal cord cord damage if I try to get to Willie P octaves. Yeah, it's not for it's not for the vocal cord weak weaklings. No, no, it no. is definitely not for that. All right, congratulations so, to Scott. You, what, got, what an honor to win this. Scott's got go to the game. We apologize to the uh, last minute callers, uh, but we got to give it to Scott. We got to wrap this up and start using our regular voices again, Bone. All right, we come back here on the Mac and Bone Show. We try to recover from that. Back to serious sports talk. There were two Brian Burns narratives on social media Wednesday. One about greed. And what about the Panthers' role in the report? We analyze both. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.